This is Michael Miracle, producer of the I Work For Him radio program. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. You can catch the show live weekdays from 3 o'clock until 4, locally in Tampa Bay on AM 570 and 910 WTBN and online at letstalkfaith.com and iheartradio.com. And swing by our website for all things I Work For Him at iworkforhim.com. That's iwork4him.com. And now, today's podcast broadcast. As Martha and I like to welcome you to walk. What do I want to welcome them to? How about the, the I Work For Him radio show? Well, that is where we are. That is so where we are. We should welcome to something we're not. Uh, thanks for tuning in this <laughs> afternoon. I don't know what caused me to stutter there. You've done this a few hundred times, but I'm just grateful that you're tuning in. However you're listening to us today, whether it's by radio or by internet or rebroadcast or podcast, just know that you've been prayed for. Know that we have prayed that something we say today will cause you to dig deeper into your faith, into connecting what you say on, what you hear on Sunday and what you do in your nine to five. We all need to realize that our workplace, it's our mission field. And in that mission field, you and me may be the only Jesus our coworkers and employees may ever meet. The job that you hold, the people that you work with, none of that is by chance. Those people that you work with, they need to meet Jesus. And you, you may be their only chance. You know, we come to the end of a week, but on a very significant day. Not only is it 10 days to Christmas. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, Martha, that was a little pathetic. But it was also, <laughs> well, it, it is also kind of the release date for Star Wars Episode Eight. The frenzied release will make millions and mil- billions of dollars for Disney and perpetuate the thirst in our country for a victory of good over evil. The Last Jedi. Is the appetite in our country for real meaning steeped in the search for God? I think it is. Each one of us was born with an innate desire for relationship with our Creator. All those you work around have the same thing bubbling up within them. So let's check in with Kathy Branzell from Love 2020 to see what she thinks about all this and hear about her latest trip to India. Kathy Branzell, welcome back to I Work For Him. Hey, Jim. Hey, Martha. Good to be with you again. Hi. All right. So we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk Star Wars. You are a Star Wars freak, probably more freak than I am. I'm more of a Star Trek freak. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And and I talked to you. I mean, the Swarovski crystal, you know, I heard a commercial this week. You can get a, is it Swarovski? Is that how you say it? I can't. It's close enough. You can get a Swarovski. I can't say the word. You can get a crystal made in the shape of your favorite Star Wars character for only $10,000. Ooh, run on out and get two of them. (laughs) Uh, Right, that's what's on Martha's Christmas list. I've got it on order for a little Yoda, a crystal Yoda. Mm. Uh, that'd be a good one you know at least she's not asking for like a chewbacca that was so much bigger <laughs> yeah, that's probably. right all right so star wars episode yeah. eight released today at 1201 yes. the last jedi tell me yes. what is it about this serious series that resonates with so many people I, you know i think it's different things for different people you and i were laughing earlier because how fun you and I were together on the release date of Rogue One last year. That's right. And so it's a, and and my comment to you was, wouldn't it be amazing if people were just or more excited about the return of Jesus as they are about the return of another Star Wars movie? And and you know we counted down the days. My family's got it on the calendar. My 24 year old son was in line last night for hours to go to the midnight showing. So 
um, for some of us, I think it goes back to, uh, at least for me, the first kind of wow movie that I saw on the screen. I remember the very first time I saw, you know, Luke going across the desert in, in his land speeder, and we had never seen anything like that. You know, it took science fiction to a whole new level. You know, when I was little, I used to think it was cool on Star Trek when they would walk up to the door and the doors would slide open without anybody having to pull or push. You know, and now we take that for <laughs> granted going to the grocery store. You know, we'll walk into a door thinking it should just open for us. <laughs> so I think for some of us, it's that, you know, and for, for others of us, it's the whole fantasy and we get all caught up in the characters. But I think you're right. It boils down to this battle between good and evil light and darkness and it's just it's in us it's in our dna our creator made us to search for him and and to look for the light and and this desire for a supernatural you know fighting for the light person in our life that really just points us back to jesus it really does resonate with a lot of people so kathy when are you going to go see it our whole family, like 12 of us, are going next Tuesday. Do you already have so tickets? Kids will be home. Parents are going to be here. That's great. Niece and nephew. I mean, we're going to take up like a whole row in the movie theater. Did you already get your tickets? Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. And do you have <laughs> reclining seats? No, no reclining seats no because half of us would fall asleep. Now, this is true. It <laughs> does take yeah. it to a whole wonder different level. I wonder which half you'd be on. The woman who drives <laughs> across, who flies across the country. You know, we fly across, we drive across the country and fly low. You fly across the world. So yeah. let's. My days and nights are backwards right now. Yeah, you're so. still going to get, get those fixed. You know, and, and I, and I want to make one more comment about Star Wars. I mean, I, I remember sitting in that theater. I mean, I remember sitting in that theater in 1977 when the Star Wars Episode Four came out. I mean, I remember my, it was the only yeah. movie I yeah. ever went to with my brother. I mean, I literally, my brother's a lot older than me. I was 11. He was 18. And I remember going, I still, and my brother's not, wasn't a Trekkie. Definitely not a Star Wars fan, <laughs> but we went together. So I, I remember it. And I remember thinking just like, this is the coolest thing ever. And with the disappearing, mm-hmm. you know, words that went up into the screen, the great music soundtrack, but it is that ultimate, we all have within us that innate desire to fight for good and be angry at evil. Yet so many of us have gotten caught up in embracing evil and, and, and relinquishing the good, but it really is that innate desire that God put in us. To, to really right. want to see good conquer evil. Right. And and what I love about these movies and other movies, because you and I have had probably half a dozen discussions about, you know, Christian uh, or family and faith-friendly films that have come out over this last two years or the year and a half that we've been together. But, but what I love about movies like this is that you can have a conversation, it can spark a conversation about your faith about a struggle, about sin in us. But it, it, you know, it's just a way that sitting over coffee, you can have this discussion that can lead to, so um, what's your biggest struggle? You know, what what is something that you really have to fight that I could pray for you about? Have you, you know, forgiven and, your and, father yet? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so lots of cool stuff, but, you know, go have fun. And uh, do something fun with your family. So what you're what you're saying, Kathy Branzell, is that everybody listening should go so they can have 
intel- not, not, not intellectual, but that it can have evangelically driven, intentional conversations with people in their office next week talking about the plot and then tying it into a, a, a biblical worldview. Yeah, I just think that that can be an everyday conversation, you know, without you pulling out your giant Guggenheim Bible, you know, and, and, and opening it up to the middle of Romans and going through a Roman road. There are ways every day along the way just to have these great conversations about faith and why you believe what you believe and, and you know, how that reflects in your life and, and everyday conversation. Just like when Obi-Wan Kenobi let Darth Vader kill him so that he could be a more powerful force for Luke, just like Jesus said, I got to go so the Holy Spirit can come. Yeah, exactly. Because you're more powerful with the Holy Spirit than with me by your side. There's there's a lot of correlations there. There you go. Maybe that's the show we should do in the future, all the spiritual correlations you can make between Star Wars and the gospel. Has anybody written a book like that? I don't think anybody's written a book like that. I don't know. I, there, there may be. Perhaps you know, I that's think your I, next I think book, there's Kathy like one Brenzel, That's your next do. book. That's the next one. That's all we said. So perfect. All right. So you just got back from a world tour with your husband Russ going to India. Yes. Why? We did. Why'd you go? Well, uh, my husband went. I got to go on his coattails, um, so that was fun. My husband is in healthcare IT internationally, um, uh, information technology, and he has been several times was invited to come speak at the National Healthcare Conference for India. And last year when he was there, um, somebody with a lot of power in India insisted that I come this year. And um, I, I was, uh, India kind of wasn't on my bucket list. It really wasn't on my radar. I'm very focused on America, and usually if I travel internationally, it's to Israel or, or something like that. But, but this person was very insistent that I come, and uh, I'm, I'm so happy I did. I'm still processing a lot. We can talk about that, but I got to go to Mumbai and to Hyderabad and Delhi and Agra. Got and to see the Taj Mahal, but got to experience a lot of things and a lot of people. We were talking with Kathy Branzell right before the break about Star Wars and what we can, how we can use that to really uh, bridge into some incredible conversations at work. And Kathy, on the break, I looked it up. The Gospel According to Star Wars, Faith, Hope, and the Force, second edition. John McDowell wrote this book. Uh, yeah, I thought. Okay. Oh, you were looking that up too? Okay. No, but, no, but I thought there was something out yeah, there. That's It's 10 years old, so it's time for a new one. That's from March of 07, so that's easily, there's it's, t- it's time for a new one. Oh, The Theology of Star Wars versus the Gospel. Oh, that's just a, a blog. So, okay, there's all kinds of stuff out there, but we could do it better. <laughs> Okay, so you were starting to say that you went, you learned a lot of stuff. I really want to give us a firsthand perspective of what you saw the Lord doing in India. Now, India is a big place. You know, a lot of people don't realize how big India is. It's got a billion people in it. It's about the, is it, I mean, compared to Texas, how big is it? It's about the same size as Texas, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Geography question. Okay. Can't oh, help you. Oh, God no. question all over. Okay. It's, it's huge. Let's yeah, just say I it's big with a billion maybe, people. Maybe bigger than yeah, maybe bigger because we flew. We didn't drive, so like we had to fly from from Mumbai to Hyderabad, and then we flew from Hyderabad to Delhi. So um, it would have been overwhelming even to drive it and spend a lot of time in traffic. So there's some funny, like haha, parts to our trip where 
um, like uh, uh, roads there. You might have four lanes drawn, you know, painted onto the road, but they're just suggestions because usually there's nine lanes of cars across in four lanes of road. (laughs) So that was kind of wild for me. But you weren't Um, driving, so it's okay, right? No, I wasn't driving, and the goal was to not scream out in terror. So um, (laughs) anyway, you know, there's you've just got that many people and an infrastructure, but I, I... I just, the poverty and the pollution was overwhelming. I I mean, I had kind of this TV movie picture in my head, you know, of India. So I hadn't painted this blue sky, beautiful place, you know, um, California, you know, kind of picture in my head or Florida picture in my head. But um, it was, it was 10 times, a hundred times more the poverty was there than what I expected. Um, it was very emotional mm-hmm. uh, and 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 different there because well you also get this feeling of what difference can I make here? You know, there's just so many people um, living with absolutely nothing. Uh, some of the poorest of the poor, we've done a lot of mission work in Nicaragua and Ecuador, and that's kind of always been the Brandel, you know, thought of poverty is, is you know, going back to things we experienced down there. But my husband put it well. He said most of the people we experienced in India would give anything to live in Nicaragua. So, you know, Kat- just- so Kathy, look, um, just so that we can get a little picture of what that might look like, were you seeing mm-hmm. like I mean, were people people just don't have homes or they they don't own no, anything? They don't have or... anything. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking people living on the sidewalk of an overpass. There, there's just there's so many homeless people living uh, in in down, anywhere that wasn't private property mm-hmm. uh, or you know where they come in to squat. There were just people everywhere. So, like in, in in America or in our in your city or my city, there might be a pocket of poverty, or we might know under a bridge, you know, where um, where homeless people have gathered and are living together. Over there, it's just kind of everywhere. Hmm. So you step outside a store, and if there's an overpass just to the left, there's people living under a tarp. Um, and children, it, it, you know, with no clothes and uh, it, open fires of, um, you know, them just trying to, to um, you know, something small that they might have to cook. But it was, it was just overwhelming where you think, what can I do? Now, what I saw the Lord doing, there are lots of ministry over there, but I would ask for prayer for them because uh, the goal of the um, current administration in India is for Christianity to be out of the country of India by 2025. Mm. So I thought, interesting, love 2020 went to no Christianity by 2025 land. Um, And, you know, we can talk about that. Do you know what they're doing to get rid of Christianity? I mean, besides discouraging, I mean, I know it's primarily a Hindu uh, nation. Uh, I mean, right. uh, I've been hearing so, on the streets just how incredible the explosion of Christian ministry is in India. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you're having to do it kind of quietly and 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 do it through a lot of compassion. 
uh, kind of things, but visas are being revoked. Visas are not being renewed. Um, I have lots of Christian friends, many that are part of Love 2020, whose lease, uh, visas have been revoked and they can't get over there. Um, several friends who are in ministry here who they are allowed to go and visit, but they are not allowed to go and minister. And, um, you know, there. but uh, to just go over there again with this compassion, you know, care, uh, Mother Teresa, you know, kind of mindset. So go be a doctor, go work in technology, go, go do something over there in the workplace where you are ministering by being there, just like we do here in the U.S. Um, so they have a know, need. So there's life. a need. There's, there's a need. lots of needs. And they want mm-hmm. us to come? I mean, they want us to bring our workplace skills there to help? Absolutely. They want our workplace skills. Yeah. Do they need they, any they great radio guys? They want our, they, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Um, entertainment's huge over there. There are more movies made in India than anywhere else in the world. Sorry, Pure Felix. But uh, it, it, the entertainment people are... Um, and I've worked a lot with Hollywood and, and um, know and have been to Hollywood several times, have friends with the Hollywood Prayer Network there. But um, people are enamored in India a hundred times more than they are here. So, and so people are just hoping to be discovered because it's all about, you know, song and dance shows and, and movies. Right. Uh, Bollywood. Yeah. Bollywood. All right. So I did a little research um, while you were talking. Texas is one quarter the size of India, or India is four times the size of Texas. Let me just give that perspective. Okay, that's what I was, I was like, it's got to be bigger. But remember, the Texas is literally the size of half of the rest of the continental United States. Because Martha and I drove across Texas 880 miles from one side to the other, which is like driving all the way to Oklahoma from you know the Carolinas. I mean, it's just huge. All right, so... In India, you mentioned something to me on the phone the other day as we were catching up. Just explain to the listening audience why the government and the religious people see Christianity as a threat to their economic system. Yeah, so um, I, I had a couple of Christians or people claiming to be Christians pull me aside because we were told no charity, no charity. We would be punished if we gave charity. And I was just like, God, I don't get this. And uh, there were a lot of restrictions on us. And so a couple of people pulled me aside and said, you have to understand um, Christianity isn't wanted here because you're messing um, with the way, with our culture and with our economic system. Because in the whole idea of karma, that you get what you deserve, that, you know, you were bad in a previous life and now you've come back, you know, in a lower caste system or you've come back as something else and you're you're paying this penance you know for something you've done in a past life and and so you've gotten what you deserve and you're working towards something better next time and we we're not supposed to interfere with that but we come over with Christianity it's not that they have anything really against our Jesus a Hindu person is the easiest person to evangelize and we think, yay, they've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, when most of the time they've just added him to the five million other gods that they're worshiping. It's like, oh, I didn't want to miss one. But mm-hmm. what we're causing over there, when we come over and talk about a person's worth, when we talk about how valuable they are, how, how loved they are, how they're equal 
in God's eyes, that God doesn't play favors, that he has a destiny for their life, that Jesus died for them so that they might live, and he paid for their sin, and that they don't work for a place. There's one life, and then there's heaven, and, and an eternal destiny. Uh, so we're messing with that, and in messing with their caste system and messing with the understanding that everyone's equal instead of what they believe where, you know, some are higher than others and some are servants and some, you know, because they've earned it or are wealthy and healthy. Um, They need, in their eyes, they need a servant class. They need this lower class. They need people to work to the best of their abilities for near nothing to, um, you know, to maintain their economic system over there. And when we come over and and give charity and talk to them about their, their heavenly worth, we're messed with that. Wow. All right. So, All right. You're going to let me turn the tables on you? Yeah, I'll give you the license. Well, Martha said it'll be okay. Day, I got to turn the table and say, I want to interview you guys. And so it was last year. It was fun. I w- last year we were radio friends. Like um, our wonderful friend Ford Taylor introduced us, and I had gotten the privilege of doing several shows with you, and we were building this great relationship. But this year, this has been a phenomenal year because we've become real friends, not just radio friends. I've had you in my home. We've traveled together. We've done all this ministry together. I love you guys, and I've gotten to know your heart more. And so I just want to ask you guys some questions because you have been traveling and traveling, and you've put a lot of miles on your car this year. Mm -hmm. So coming back from India, uh, I was grateful because... When you go to places and see faces, when you meet people and go to places, it changes you. It changes the way you think. It changes the way you serve Jesus. So I want to ask you guys, with everywhere you've gone this year, can you name three things that you've seen and changed you? And now you minister differently, you think differently, you pray differently as you've traveled across America. Mm. We're both looking at each other. I was waiting for you to go first. Ladies first. That's just respectful. Okay. So I think for me, one of the things that we've talked about over the last couple of years, and I think it really affirmed this year, is that people experience life differently, but yet beautifully. And Mm. um, not not wrong, just different than what I'm used to. And in traveling, you see that so profoundly. Um, And I think that that same goes true for how people are experiencing God. And Mm -hmm. the fact that it may look a little different than what I'm used to, but that we all are, we're serving the same God and getting to know him better. And I can learn from that rather than um, reject it. So that's one thing. I would say, let's go to a little geography because you said you're weak on that. But I would say, one of, you know, this country was founded on biblical principles. This this country was founded yeah. on the belief that we were Correct. we were serving a creator God. And, and right. the people that founded this country had to experience some pretty incredible things in order to take this territory. And, and we crossed some of that territory that we crossed this year um, 
it, it just astounded me. This, I mean, really, this uh, this last trip as we drove from sea to shining sea, and we drove all the way to to, to San Diego and back, and, and just seeing the kind of country that our forefathers had to cross. When in order to claim the territory, I mean, when Jefferson got the opportunity to sign the Louisiana Purchase, I mean, they had no idea, but literally, I mean, Louisiana, it's water with snakes, spiders as big as your fist and (laughs) alligators. I mean, he thought he was getting a great deal. Now, the people of Louisiana and the food. Oh, my gosh, the food. But but Texas. okay, Texas, big state, 880 miles across. But when you leave West Texas in El Paso. You know, you you see the border wall and you see Mm -hmm. Mexico across the just across the hill. You're literally 25 or 30 yards. Maybe it's 50 yards from Mexico. And you see abs. I mean, just absolute poverty right across the line. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, I I don't get why those people live so close to the wall. Why would you want to live somewhere where you you have to see that all day long? Because El Paso is exploding with huge highways. And I was like, okay. That was tough. And, and to think that we had the opportunity for Mexico to be part of the United States of America, but we said, no, we didn't want it after the Spanish-American War. There would have been a lot easier. Now we know all the things we know. We All these people have migrated to our country. Anyway, it would have been great. But to see that close to our country, people suffering. And then as we went across New Mexico and Arizona and Eastern California, I kept thinking to myself, and I said it out loud many times, Martha, what did I say? Many times you said, I don't know why the pioneers kept on going. <laughs> what kept them from turning around? I mean, what kept them from turning around? I don't get it because there's no stinking way I would have kept going because it is absolutely bleak. It is bleak. Mm. Yet there are people every two or 3,000 acres. And, and But it just I just was astounded by how hard our forefathers worked to take this mm-hmm. country for in, in, in the name of God. Uh, yeah. And because it's a big country and there's some places where I, I'm surprised that people live. I don't get why people live in the middle of the desert. I don't get it. It's pretty, but you can't touch anything, you know, and there's no water. What do you mean I, you can't touch it? It's all prickly. <laughs> Everything yeah. pretty is sticky. It's, or it bites. Yes. Yeah. Or they have prickly or it bites. So, but but what, I, what I saw was the amazing cohesion in the Christian faith Across the country, no matter where we landed, people, no matter where they are, whether you live in a left-leaning state or a right-leaning state, because you know, we were in California and in Texas, so it doesn't get any bigger dichotomy than California and Texas. And yeah. and just the people loving the Lord. You know, we can't judge California based on its politics, and we can't mm-hmm. judge Texas based That's on right. its politics. And, and just the way that people are embracing the Lord. And, and again, we were reminded time and time again how small— the world is when we sat down on the last day, second to last day of our last road trip, and the Lord revealed to us that everybody we'd done a show with that week knew each other. They were already working together, networking, wow. and they were spread across the country. Yeah. And not one of them had introduced us to the other. Wow. And and to see that God is orchestrating all these people into our lives, not not only to just to develop friendships with, but to say, hey, we're going to grow. We're going to do some kingdom stuff here, and it's going to take a collaborative effort of people who are not going to protect their territory. And we met incredible Christ followers everywhere. That's awesome. And, and you were talking about the wall. I, I would say the one thing that has struck me, not just in the poverty of India, 
or or the people that I've seen sneaking across the border from Mexico. But in one of the richest areas of Paris, there is a common denominator of people who want desperately to come live in America. They're saving every dime or they're risking their lives or they would give anything to come live in America. And so how we should wake up every morning and just thank Jesus that, you know, he put us here, that we were born here and that now we have to steward and share that blessing of getting to live here. We are so we, we are we are blessed beyond imagination. We have no idea yep. how blessed we are. And, and right. you know, if I were to comment on the third thing that we learned, one of the things we've learned this year as a whole, really in the last 18 months, is provision. That, mm. you know, just as God provided manna for the Israelites for 40 years and, and kept their clothing from wearing out and their shoes from wearing out, we have seen God provide for this ministry that Martha and I are involved in. This I work for him is not just a radio ministry, but it's a it's a network of ministries across the country discipling uh, people to be effective Christ followers in a workplace. We've just seen God provide in amazing, miraculous ways. No way to explain it. There's just no other way to explain right. it. And and we can't wait to see what 2018 brings. Yeah. All right. Nice. Did you have something else you wanted for us to talk about today? Okay, I do. Okay, so brace yourself. Okay, we thought we've talked about pollution and poverty, places and people and provision, all these P words, right? So now I want to ask you something big. I want to ask you about another P word, patience. Hmm. So as I've journeyed with you over these this last year or two, I know that you're not a name-it-claim-it guy. I know that that you pray with great faith and that you have great faith and you believe God and you know He's able. But I just want to know, I, I think this year, maybe the last several years, maybe before I even knew you, has been a time of patience. What have you learned about patience with the Lord this year? I'll, you want me to go first? Sure. All right, so here's here's the deal. I don't want to be a mamby pamby weenie butt Christian. Period. End of story. And so I've been praying for patience. There's a lot of people who say you can't pray for patience. You know what happens when you pray for patience? I said yes, I do. I do know, but I don't. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the guy that people look at and like, well, look at his his faith is just pathetic. No, I want people to know that I am living and breathing and trying to figure this out and wrestling with my faith all day long. And so I've been praying for patience, and and. And in this whole thing, I mean, when Martha and I went on the air four and a half years ago, 930 shows ago, I, I, I thought right away we'd be doing incredible things. And, and really, I think the Lord has done incredible things, but, but he needed us to just make sure that this was never about us and that, it w- that we would, and, and that the provision for it, that we, would, that we would trust him for provision and that we would wait on him that, you know, I, Martha has been trying to hold me back all 31 years. Sometimes I just get out of control. I want to move fast. I want to get ahead of the Lord. And and I do not ever want to make the mistake of getting ahead of where the Lord is. I want to be obedient. I don't want to make the mistake. I've made the mistake. I forced Martha and I to make the mistake of getting ahead of where God is at. And that is a, that is a very uncomfortable place. And so yeah. I just, I just said, Lord, I need patience. Yeah, so a couple things I want to add to that is one, when I, he when he says I'm holding him back, only in a good way, not like oh yeah, like right. you know, no, yeah. keep me from getting out of control. Yeah. So I just wanted to right, clarify right. that. No, nope. but um, totally get that. I have learned to stop cringing when Jim prays for patience because um, that is in my nature. 
And I thought it was pretty funny because in our devotions this morning, I can't read the whole chapter because we don't have time, but in Romans 8, um, I'd never read this before, and I think it's because of the translation, but it says, it's talking about the um, our uh, the the promise and the hope of the and our bodies and um as adopted children of God, but it says we were given this hope when we were saved. And then in parentheses, it says, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I really think about that in terms of um, this whole application for our 501c3, that yes. first you know five or six months of putting the paperwork together and, um, you know, grueling over all of those details and then putting it in the mail and having to wait and trust. And that's where I think in a lot of ways, you know, this um, a patience in the in our flesh has really had to um, be honed in on because we there was absolutely nothing we could do from then on from <laughs> July 11th until we got the paper in the mail this week, you know, there was absolutely nothing we could do but wait. And so if you don't wait patiently, you wait in excruciating pain. So those were the two options. And um, most Mm. of the time we were patient, right, Chip? I would say, I I would say (laughs) I have felt an amazing amount of peace through this whole journey, even though there's been a lot of uncertainty, but that is because God has shown us so many times in the last decade that in that uncertainty is when we, we just need to learn to rely on them. And yeah. because we're being called to be collaborators. And first of all, the other thing on patience is because we deal with a lot of ministry leaders and we really want to reverse influence the church, I've got to be patient because I get way too frustrated with religion and and the money, mm-hmm. power, control thing of religion. And, and I've got to be patient because not everybody sees things the way I see and I don't always see things properly. I mean, I, I have my own Jim Brangenberg jaded view of life. And, and that's why Martha's so good. But that she can help me see clearly. But we surrounded ourselves with other people. But I, I need to be patient because if people are going to hear what we're saying, I can't do it impatiently. I mean, it just that just would be wrong. Yeah, and and we have to remember fruit of the spirit, you know. And so yes. we oh, that, too. that whole waiting, <laughs> that whole waiting piece, that be still, which is really a military command in the original mm-hmm. in the original Hebrew. It means cease striving. It's ten hut. That and so eyes on the Lord, and you, I think patience kind of just meets us at the intersection of of faith and promise. You know, mm-hmm. He's able, and we just trust Him. So I've watched you guys and walked that out with you, waiting for this Bible one C three paperwork. Thank you, Jesus. This was such a beautiful Christmas present mm-hmm. because we just kept thinking this has to be in Your will. You know, we, the, the, it's just got to be. And so why isn't, I'm sure, every day that you went out to the mailbox, it was like, is today the day? Is today the day? Is today the day? And so I'm just so grateful. And so now that we're 501c3, and, you know, that that's a big deal to a lot of givers. I, I, some people think, um, okay, back in Jesus' day, that. You know, there wasn't, you didn't get a tax receipt, you know, at the temple for giving, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, but for a lot of people, that tax receipt's important, and it also adds some accountability. So now that that's here, let's talk for just our last couple of minutes. What do you see the Lord doing with I Work For Him for in 2018? What's you know, he calling you to? We really believe that uh, uh, two things. Just want to mention, you know, if we'd gotten our 501c3 in October, we'd have spent the last two and a half months trying to raise money. 
But because mm-hmm. you, know, the, you know, because most money is given in the month of December of all the of all right. year long, and and I really believe that the Lord gave it to us so late in the year, so that we could see Him perform a miracle of provision in 2018. That it's not going mm. to be us raising money; that it's going to be Him taking care of the provision. But here's what we really believe: the Lord's laid in our hearts. We really believe that by the end of 2018, we will have raised the money that we need in order to be in about 500 cities next year. Uh, probably yeah. paying for radio on 10 or 12 stations scattered strategically across the country and then getting on a whole bunch of really neat little Christian talk stations across the country. That we really believe. And we really believe then we will use that platform to be the place of collaboration in those cities where we're broadcasting. So a a platform, a shared platform of ministry, getting ministries to come together and say, how can we use iWorkRam to get our message out more effectively as one of the pieces? So we really believe that's what's going to come up next, is that we're going to be used across the nation as a collaborator. It's still never going to be about us. It's going to be about I work for him. And what do we, how does, what does that look like in cities across the country? And then we believe that in those cities, there will be one week, a quarter, where it'll be only about what's going on in that city. And then who knows what's next. But we need to raise a significant amount of cash in order to buy radio time. It's not expensive, and it also costs some money to travel, although we travel extraordinarily cheap. Um, it's. I think that it's incredible to see what God's going to do, but you know, we need to raise probably a, a $1.2 million in order to be able to get it done. Mm-hmm. And that's with a very yeah. minimal staff. Martha, what, what, yeah. what, what haven't I said? Oh, my goodness. Well, it's funny because I've just been um, really writing these things into an email that is going to be going out to um, different people that have subscribed to our um, weekly newsletter. And so I am trying to think through what you haven't said. And I really just think it's the heart of just saying, Lord, whatever you put before us, we are willing to walk in that. And so, you know, that's that unknown element of what we don't know. Um, but that we're willing to explore and willing to be obedient and allow us to just be that mouthpiece. Right. And we're going to have a really super awesome marriage retreat cruise in February that is absolutely filled to capacity. We're so excited about that, too. That's amazing. All right, you got a mi- you got 30 seconds. All right. So you speak this into so many people every day on your radio show. You speak affirmation, affection, and appreciation and i just want to tell you guys how much i love you how grateful i am for you and i want to tell you what an amazing job you do you are touching thousands and thousands and thousands of lives in the workplace for the glory of jesus christ and i want to say thank you and merry christmas thank you kathy branzell and merry christmas to you we look forward to seeing you in the new year and thanks for being on i work for him again today merry christmas thanks merry christmas Uh, Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. Hopefully they gave you just a little picture of what's going on across the world and right here And I Work For Him as we look to what the Lord has for us next. But all along, it's always going to be about what's the Lord doing in the workplace. It's an amazing place to be. We just need to remember each and every day that our theme needs to be I I Work work For Him. Him.